0: Hi there and welcome to episode 180 of the Writing Guy Podcast. I'm Scott Keys of the Writing Guy, helping smart professionals to find their voice, write human, and get the results they want from the words they write. This idea of writing human has actually exercised and preoccupied me for uh, pretty much all my my writing career. Uh, certainly since uh, Andy Maslin and I first co-founded Write for Results in 2004, you know, so what's that, 17 years, it's been pretty much an abiding preoccupation. Um, So I'm just going to, I want to spend this episode talking a bit about uh, writing human and, and what gets in the way of that, and the most massive barrier to writing human you know which is writing in a way that is natural and more conversational and warm and has personality and allows the the reader to discern and hear and divine the 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 author's personality through the words the biggest barrier to that is nounitis uh, which is the overuse of abstract nouns and i have spoken about this before but i just want to um sort of delve a little deeper into this into this subject if you don't mind so when we when we use words like provision or solution integration focus enhancement or strategy we are putting barriers up between us and the reader and that's because they're all abstract nouns they're theoretical concepts or constructs that only engage one part of the brain, the neocortex, which, in evolutionary terms, is the youngest part of the brain. It's the it's the part that that is the front of the brain behind the the forehead. Um, and by the way, just a sort of, in terms of of language and derivation, cortex is Latin for bark, because uh, you know, as you uh, we've all seen pictures of the brain, it's got that reticulated sort of overlapping. Uh, the the brain's convolutions enable, uh, is a very ergonomic use of space in order to be able to create as many synaptic connections as possible. So in evolutionary terms, it's the, the youngest part of the brain responsible for things like logic and intellect. My very, and this may be a crude oversimplification of it, but the oldest deepest part of the brain that houses emotion and memories and imagination and intuition is the limbic brain uh, which i think i'm right in saying sits closer to the brain stem so it's a much deeper and more ancient part of the brain also called, called the referred to as the reptilian brain and neuroscience asserts that major decisions like changing career or getting married are taken in the limbic brain, and then post-rationalised in the neocortex. And the trouble with abstract nouns is that they don't engage the vital limbic brain. That's one problem. second problem is that because abstract nouns are intangible, you know, we can't touch a solution or a strategy in the same way as we can touch a book or a table or a chair, um, they're harder for the reader's brain to process. They literally demand more processing power, and that's a problem because the harder we make our reader's brain work, uh, then the likelier they are to stop reading. Um, and and the reason why they um, why it doesn't work in the in the, the limbic brain, abstract nouns aren't in the limbic brain because we tend to think in images, and abstract nouns don't evoke images. Um, I don't know about you, but when I read the phrase integrated solution, there's no mental image. That doesn't conjure up any mental image to me. It's something I have to sort of compute by linking it with other, uh, sort of concrete, you know, with, with concrete images. But no image comes to mind in that, in that, in that phrase, with that phrase. And then there's a third problem with, with impersonal abstract nouns because they're emotionless they're lifeless uh they lack energy there's no energy to them so you know i mean i i i think i did uh, we did a podcast a few weeks ago uh where i i i got you to imagine you know i gave you a list of nouns and i said apple chair picture um and th- this is part of the problem with nouns okay those are those are tangible concrete nouns but even nouns themselves tend not to have energy associated with them. If I say to you the word apple, you will, by and large, see an apple. You won't see an apple being thrown through the air. You will see it static and motionless. Now it's even worse when I ask you to picture the word solution. So abstract nouns are even have even less life and less energy and less movement attached to them. If that makes sense. Um, So, abstract nouns are lifeless, they have no energy attached to them, and that's clearly, there's no vigour, and that's clearly bad news for us as writers because we want to engage the reader, and we we want to neurologically engage the reader, we want to engage as many different parts of their brain as possible. You know, Martin Luther King did not have a ten-point plan for societal improvement. He had a dream. And he combined everyday language. We've come to our nation's capital to cash a check with the lofty vision of social justice and biblical references. You know, he used phrases like, every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low. So he was using different registers. He knew how to move his audience and stir its soul. Um, And as we know, you know, uh, the, the Have a Dream speech is... One of the most quoted in history because it's writing that conjures mental images and emotion and as a result stays long in the memory. So nounitis, overuse of abstract nouns, creates three problems in our writing. One, the reader's, it's less engaging for the reader's brain. Two, the reader has to work hard to get our meaning and three, the language is lifeless. It lacks vigour and vitality. So what can we do about it? Well, pretty obviously, we need to make our writing more concrete and less abstract. We need to come down the register and we need to use words that are easier for our reader to relate to and visualise. So rather than using a word like beverage, say drink uh use plain english words um i was talking to a client earlier who I'm, I'm helping with with her i'm helping her with her elevator pitch and value proposition and she was talking about um uh delivering a better change a change management program um through more appropriate sequencing what she means is we need to do things in the right order in order to deliver the value. Um, And so phrases like that, plain English phrases, are immediately understandable. Whereas something more abstract like, you know, the correct sequencing demands more processing power. So we mustn't be afraid to use everyday conversational mid register plain English, especially if the topic is complex or technical. And if you have to use an abstract term like solution, then help the reader by giving them a concrete example of what you mean um so i'm going to leave it there for now but what this is about this is about writing in a, you know this is about writing in a way that is more neurologically engaging for the reader so it engages not only different parts of the brain but but crucially and critically uh the more reptilian brain which relates to uh, which is more visual and is where emotion and imagination reside. So I'm going to leave there for now. I hope that was of use and I'll see you tomorrow for episode 181. Thanks for listening. Bye now.